times when I'm able to hit the road and uh, sort of just uh, become immersed uh, in spiritual music with my friends, inevitably other people from this small community uh, kind of just sort of appear out of nowhere. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in the Pacific Northwest seeing some music, seeing my dear brother, Jimmy Russell, and uh, he was playing at the Goodfoot. Uh, in Portland, and uh, he called up um, his friend on stage, and uh, this woman came up, and immediately um, you could tell from her aura that uh, she has been uh, leading um, sort of a path of the insecure path and taking chances and being vulnerable on the bandstand, which to me is the hallmark of really a spiritual musician. And then she started to actually sing and hit some notes that were absolutely um sort of just touched me at the most soulful level and uh i realize now that uh you know part of my mission aside from interviewing my elders and trying to collect stories that haven't seen the light of day um it's essential that i uh, also make the i do the same thing with my peers who are really the bridge to a new era uh, for my daughters and for future generations understanding about how real music is made even in this very difficult climate for original, authentic artists. Megan Martinez, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you so much. Can you talk, it's such an honor to have you. I, you know, I, I just- Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, you know, I wanted you to talk to the audience about how you've learned to sort of go from your head to your heart into what I like to refer to as the primordial gut or the sea of chi and access um, that where the music needs to come from, from that source, from that chakra down below. And I wanted you to talk about how you've learned to cultivate that, because when you sing, when you really are out, get out of your own way, you know, I can feel that that's, you're hitting that area. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with trust. At least that's, I could feel myself kind of falling into the moment and letting go. And I don't know where that's from. I mean, I, I can guess where it's from. I, I think it comes from my early upbringing and my mother and my experience with music early on. But it's, um, yeah, it's... Would you say that when you say uh, falling, you're you're be, you're becoming completely in the moment, or you become very present, and uh, and and are you able to sort of let all everything else sort of fall away? You know, can you just talk about that evolution in your? Not that there's a scientific process to it, but like in your memories about how you learn to cultivate that it doesn't happen you know it can happen right out of the box but maybe you can just talk about a time where you were like i just feel like there's so much of spiritual music i don't care what genre it is but you have to sort of come from that socratic method of you must know what you don't know so when somebody when you get off the bandstand someone's like how did you do that megan or how did you get to that you hit that note you're like i have no idea and you have to be okay with that because you're only partially yeah. responsible for it. And I just want you to talk about. I agree. You, I agree with that sentiment. Yeah. You're only partially responsible. And what just happened there? That happens to me all the time. I People will talk to me about um, a performance and I'll be like, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I almost black out in a way. And the way, the reason I say I trust, I guess, is because I surrender. I kind of surrender to the moment and I trust the people that I'm with to be carrying, carrying my spirit. And um, that night you saw me, I think it's the night you saw me. I think I was wearing a jean jacket. Was Absolutely. That Absolutely. Okay, so I was going through some humongous feelings that night, and I almost didn't go because um, a dear friend in the community had passed away. And I'd been looking forward to coming back to Goodfoot, and I found out about her passing just right before. And um, that night, I was definitely completely filled with spirit and completely surrendering to... Um, just being the kind of meat in between these things that are happening. There's Megan Martinez, there's my vocal cords, there's my own upbringing and my experiences, which of course give way to this experience, this energetic flow. But part of that fl fluffs away, like just like... <sighs> Whatever that is, that experience, that human experience, has gotten to me to be right here. I'm this soul, you're this soul, and this, um, yeah, this openness and surrender, which is, it's, uh, it's a, it's a magical place. <laughs> I think also, like, well, I'm sorry to hear about your friend. I just. As a, as a professional singer, I wonder how you, um, um, I mean, it's easy for me to say, I don't have to get up there and, and uh, I hate that word perform, but uh, just, you know, try to get, you know, try to be a present uh, enlightening source. But do you, did you get a message from your friend or at least a feeling that I to, did. to honor her, to honor well, her, you, you need I, to go. Yeah, go ahead. Um, after kind of doing singer songwriter, you know, sad orphan, um, <laughs> early folk music, I got tired of that and I wanted to do happy music that made people dance and was silly and irreverent and people could be together in the moment and jam it out, just like jam it all out and not take yourself seriously. So I was in, I've been in that mode for quite a while. And so when I got to the Good Foot that night and I'd heard this really devastating news about this beautiful person who's so supportive and lived in the music. She would actively go there and be a part of it. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I just not feeling it, but I want to feel it. I want to be here with my community. And I got a, Jimmy did call me on stage and he called me up and I said, I think we should do you inspire me. He was like, I was thinking that too. And there was another person before who was like, you should do that song. So that song felt like the perfect song. It was a three, four ballad. And the last things this person had said to me was how proud she was and keep going. And she was always in that. She was an, ex an inspiring person in herself. So that we could find that space. We were all in the same head. We we're like, yeah, let's do this like emotional banger. And I could go there. Um, and, and do that. And, you know, I, I got to the place not thinking I wanted to sing at all, but you know, when you get called to do something, I don't know, I, 
I'm just saying at a certain point in that tune, you hit some like I'm, I'm it's the wrong term, but it's like a guttural, like it was like an Edit James, like deep, greasy soul level. Like I was it, I, I just went right through me. I luckily I got it on video, but at that point, all you had fluffed out because I mean, you feel so heavy. You know, like you just feel the weight of sorrow. And I just am, again, it's helpful to have just like, I mean, the trust comes from looking around and seeing these cats just just like Jimmy, you know, just going off and like you can sort of be a sort of a boat of conduits. But I just feel like, um, can you talk about um, like, from an early age, when you talk about your experiences with your mother, did you did you realize that music could be a, a healing force? Yes, um, absolutely. Um, because you know a lot of like, just because I mean you're obviously I mean I'm forty five I mean you you're obviously a young cat and, you know, not an elder, but uh, so much of what happens now, it's like a presentation of music or it's a formula trip or cats are just sort of going through and playing the same song the same way all the time. And, you know, we sit there as an audience or, you know, we clap after a song, even if we don't like it, it's a very sort of Eurocentric kind of vibe where Mm. all I've cared about is just like, pure descarga, pure spiritual discharge, opening of the skull, like realizing that the musician, that the audience can be as big a factor in that you can get the musicians in that zone. And so like, can you talk about a time early on when that, I guess your mom was a, was a singer or maybe a a musician of sorts. If you like, talk. go ahead. Well, uh, people ask me like how I became a good singer. And I I'll say my, well, my mom never told me to shut up. (laughs) <laughs> right and, um, she um she had really good rhythm um mm-hmm. and she and she, she she would take me every sunday we would drive a half hour out of our town to this um non-denominational christian church but it had baptist roots so half of it was worship and so they had on a projector all the words and everybody sang together and the band was killer and it was repetitive and you could see the words right up there. You know, I'm learning to read, I'm learning to sing and it's this community environment. And then Sunday evening, she would take me to a bluegrass jam where it was a smaller, but community environment. And so it's these places that I got really comfy with uh, music as a daily part, a ritual of your life, a spiritual practice, and a community thing. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, And then as I started to kind of write poetry as a kid or make up my own songs, it was very encouraged and as a self-soothing thing too. It was very encouraged and um, we watched lots of musicals too. And, and wow. she would make parody songs too. She was very, very, very funny. Like she did, um, there were fleas on a dog, 
but I never felt them biting. No, I never felt them at all till there was you. There was all this play. It wasn't like, get it right. You know, there was none oh, of that. Love it. Which I'm so, I used to be mad, like, oh, if only I'd gotten lessons, you know, um, this and that. I could be here. I could know this. I could express myself better to my bands I'm leading. But, um, but my mom was the best. She, she passed when I was pretty young, but the, her, um, her, her loving openness and her, the way she exposed me to music and taught me how to build beautiful relationships. I just, I'm. Well, she's so with us. She's with us today. I can feel her spirit here right now. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, so she so. was she was an advocate and a and a parishioner of the music herself. She was just a fan and creative in her own way, but not somebody you weren't going to some club watching her sing Dinah Washington tunes or anything like that. No, she was more just like playing hand drums at the bluegrass jam and making. And see, sure that's that badass. That's so freaking badass. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, she is Michelle. Oh my god. So yeah. I want to, this is interesting. I, I, it's sort of these, this is obviously spontaneous improvisation on the Jake Feinberg show, but I, you, you sort of led into what I was going to go with next, which was like, so yeah, you didn't have, you didn't go to the Academy. You weren't a polished musician. You weren't, you didn't have like a deep bag of knowledge, but in this current, in the love muscles or in any sort of, I want you to talk about how that, that, love and sort of playfulness has actually turned into an asset for you if you give an example where you can't it, you're not like getting too wonky you're able to express enough most importantly the the the, the musicians are smiling and the and the audience is responding i mean can you talk about how you've learned to actually appreciate the sort of non-structured structured jubilance of of your mom's vibe Oh, in so many ways. I mean, in as a leader, all, as a band leader, I mean. Oh, yeah. as a leader. Yeah. Um, well, there's a big openness to right. my vision. I I want to see how other people see the music. And I want people to have that experience playing with me where they can kind of discover more parts to it and in that way, I think it emulates my mother's own openness. She also worked with children. I worked with children for a very long time. And I guess that there's just, there's so many amazing things that happen in play when you're not taking yourself so seriously and it's a <laughs> test <laughs> and it's a performance and everyone's looking at you and they're taking video. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so much. I dig. You lose so much yeah. of realness and meaning and, um, I mean, I am so thankful for my counterparts that bring me back into reality, but <laughs> I want to bring that playfulness in. You know, I, I, I was playing a show with someone a few weeks ago and they were so into their solo that they kind of missed the change back into it. And they were like mortified. And I was like, no, no, no. Now you know where that is. And like, you were so feeling it. That you got lost. And I like, love it. I freaking love it. We don't want to get lost all the time. But when you do get lost, then you can find your way back home. You know, are you safe? That's really and what it's about. I mean, I think that that. So um, let me ask you, as 
your vision, how do you balance between being too democratic and being mm -hmm. able to consolidate it enough where not only is your, um, your feet, the feeling and your vision is getting across, you know, to me, like if you're a giver, I tend to give a lot. And I oftentimes like with my daughters, I try to talk to them about it's okay to be giving, but at a certain point, you know, you have to draw a line in the sand because otherwise it becomes too communal, too democratic, mm -hmm. too many cooks in the kitchen. And ultimately, you know what, if you don't show that self-respect, then people start to take advantage of you. The one thing I could feel about you is that you bought a playfulness, but there was also like a seriousness that wasn't uh, like, uh, it didn't bring the vibe down. It was that you have, you have drawn that line in the sand. Is there a demarcation point for Megan Martinez when you were like, hey, I love life. I'm a beautiful person. I really like to express myself and I want everybody's input, but I'm going to live. This is my, I, you only live once and I'm the one that has to be, I have the one that has to live with my own legacy. I mean, it's really funny you brought it up because that's kind of been the theme of the summer. Um, when I first got to New Orleans, I was very um, open to just watching and and seeing who was going to be my people and being an audience member and checking out the scene but once I got here I immediately was like hey <laughs> iTunes yeah so I, I gotta get up there yeah I, I did this um jam they have on Tuesday nights at Cafe Negril called the super most fantastic blues and such jam and they just get all kinds of people together just what do you know it do you know the key let's do it let's go and I met a bunch of people right off the bat. And so what you were talking about, though, that line in the sand between being open and being having a vision and, and you know, drawing that line, I've come into it pretty recently because I came into here, I came into this beautiful city with like, oh, you know, I know I just did an impression of myself saying one in, in one way. But in, in another way, I was like, oh, well, do you think maybe you could? Sure, maybe absolutely. Okay, sure. Oh, you can't make that gig. Okay, I'll find a replacement. Oh, oh, you can't do that. Oh, no, whatever. You know, like, please, can I play? Please? And then I, I was kind of, it's not a way to lead. But I wanted to play. Will you play with me? Will you be my friend? <laughs> absolutely. No, I, 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 tell me a little bit about, because that's hard. I mean, sometimes you have to be, but can you talk about, I mean, that would, no. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've come to that yeah. kind of turning point because I realized, okay, I've only had this band, The Love Muscles, for 14 months or whatever. Great name, by the way. Great name. Thank you. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> Got to use those love muscles, you know. <laughs> um, and I had that band for about 14 months, and it, it even with this kind of, very flowy i won't want to say doormat but this flowy open 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 way even with that it was still gaining momentum but i could see how it needed to be stronger and when it's tighter and you know each other and you develop those chemistries and that psychic brothership sistership 
that's when real, 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 real magic happens. Like Jimmy and I, Jimmy and I have been working together for a long time. We're like, we're like soul siblings. Oh. And um, I could see that with my openness and willy nilliness, my project was gaining momentum, but the theme of this summer is kind of turning, reaching that turning point and being like, let me zero in on it. And, and in doing that, that means calling out to other people who um, possess strengths that I um, am working to develop. <laughs> um, listen, I think it's, first of all, I think it's important also for the audience. Like, I mean, uh, we just lost, um, he was a manager for the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead, this guy, Sam Cutler, British cat, and uh, really brilliant guy, very caustic and very, not aggressive, but the point is, uh, the Grateful Dead was in shambles. Uh, they, uh, Mickey Hart's father had just ripped the band off for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the point is that he had to come in as the manager and basically work on what would be considered to be somewhat tedious things with them. They would have hours long meetings about just showing up on time, being to the gigs on time, working mm. your ass, like discipline. And I think one of the, I just is the only thing I can say is that it's so tragic uh, for me to not just the love muscles, but I'm talking bands that have been doing this for eight, 10 years, you as a musician, uh, the magic of the elders that are still with us and the music that they made was that they were able to really focus on the creation of the art itself and let other cats do what is considered uncomfortable stuff. Like, you know, someone, <laughs> someone blows off the gig it's not you calling them saying we don't want you know you're out of the band it's it's the manager it's oh, somebody yeah. you know and so i just see as you continue to grow because we're always turning the corner i think for the rest of my life i'll be turning the corner you know like <laughs> you never completely turn the corner oh, but are there on this thing what shape is this you don't worry about that but all i'm saying is that as you grow and as your band <laughs> grows and it gets bigger you really should think about bringing in it would be nice to have a budget I just see that it's a big crisis now with all my friends because most of the musicians like Jimmy and all these beautiful soul people that I, the community, it's like, they're such sweet and beautiful people. They're not into cracking heads and they shouldn't have to like, it's just, and as it is, you're on tour, you're already your own roadie. You have to set up and break down. And then sometimes you're not even sure if the bar is going to pay you. And I just feel like over time. And I think you probably obviously thought about this. Hey. When that happens, you got to smile and act like you're a cool, like approachable, like, <laughs> right. not only am I talented, but I'm a friend too. Like, I'm just saying, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's good to have, I'm saying like, add, a, you know, over time, get a little bit bigger budget or maybe take a little bit less of a cut, bring on a roadie, bring on somebody who's going to do stuff, do the dirty work. I mean, that's what's the Steely Dan song is. I ain't going to do your dirty work any, you know, like I'm bringing in a, not a huge crew, but just, it's like people where you can literally focus directly on the creation of art itself. I feel like that's the biggest issue in our society now is that massively talented musicians like yourself get stretched thin because you have to wear eight to 10 hats. And I just, it's criminal. Yeah. 
the 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 text thread that I've been trying to figure out a rehearsal time. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I it's like sometimes I wish that I didn't have this big voice, big sound, but I want horns. I want the full band, you know. Absolutely. And so that's a lot of coordinating. So, you know, the text thread, like, well, can you do the 18th? No. Okay. The 21st. Okay. Well, um, well, the guitarist can't do See, I know. God, it. Jesus, my God. And I, and I mean, those kinds of math and word problems were the things that I was like, oh, I was like there in the desk at school. Like, <laughs> you know, but like yeah. the presentation. I did the presentation just great, you know, like whatever. <laughs> so, Absolutely yeah, winging it, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Into my life. I welcome, I welcome stage mom. I welcome the type A who's like, that was kind of not cool. And I'm like, oh, you know what? You're right. That wasn't cool that that person did that. I should have a serious talk because this is an important organization I'm trying to push forward. But it's tough to wear all of these hats. It's like, how many hats does one person need, really? I don't like to wear hats myself. Well, it was like, uh, it's also the same thing with <clears throat> with instruments. I mean, Jerry Garcia, they asked him, why don't, you know, back in the 80s, that you know, why don't you, do you still play pedal steel or banjo? And he's like, well, actually, he's like, I just decided to stick with guitar because when you get, when you start playing like six different instruments, you become mediocre at all of them. And so mm -hmm. basically, like, you have to identify your strengths as a leader, as a, as an entertainer, as a musician. Mm -hmm. And like you said, bring in the cats around you. Um, but, you know, listen, down the road, you're just going to have somebody that, you know, I always, I always sort of resent. I mean, I don't resent it, but, you know, I'm trying to get uh, Jesse Colin Young on the show. And I used to do, I've been, I'm doing this 12 years. So I was, I used to be a maniac, you know, tracking down publicists and this that and managers and as a journalist and um i used to sort of be like you know this is so freaking like gentrified why can't i just connect directly with a musician and talking to you it's like those people do work and alleviate basically clear i mean it would be amazing to to clear megan martinez's you know constitutional shelf and just all of a sudden you're you have no worries about organization planning payments can everybody oh, make it oh boy buddy are you speaking my language like when i'm it's coming Jimmy it's coming i'm just letting you know it's coming down the pipe i, I welcome yeah. it because i'm trying to do this and it's so not like i was not that girl i was not that girl in high school who was on the swim team and the debate team and taking all the classes like that was not me you know when i met jimmy i was working on an organic farm and I was making up songs every day. <laughs> I was That's, like, oh my, yeah. I was in my own little world, in my own little, you know, space. And thank you for saying that because I welcome. I welcome. Hey, I'm not. I'm just saying that you know the next challenge then is you know trusting your instinct and intuition with somebody that you may not know from a hole in the wall, but if you feel like they are going to bring something to the table, and even though people can't say you barely know this person, I mean the amount of people that I don't know personally, but I'm able to engage in a legitimate, authentic dialogue, bring stuff out of them, make them feel that's just going on pure soul. And what I saw with you that night, a little bit less so <clears throat> at the Laurel thirst, cause I was blown out of the water by the quick and the easy boys <laughs> was just that 
for, okay, so you weren't on the swim team. You were, you know, it, the the notes were in the desk. It was kind of disorganized. You have a magic charisma. That is not you can't teach that. So that's that's beautiful. The the oh, <clears throat> I just you know I want you to know that. Um, well, this is what I want you to talk about too. I feel like you've been sort of dealing with this. I I know I have in my life, but just talk to cats in your own way about how you try to turn. Uh, and even give an example of how you try to turn a negative into a positive or be able to look towards the light even when there's – I mean, I went up to see my dear friend Michaela Davis and her band in Phoenix, <laughs> incredible harp player, so talented, could easily have been a pop star, decided she wanted to play music with her friends, and she, they're road-dogging it now, and it's just like you guys, intense. And I get up there, and it's 111 degrees, and I'm sitting outside, waiting for the band to come out and she comes out the door. It's a Friday afternoon and, you know, said hello, embraced and whatnot. And then she's like, oh, the police are coming right now. I said, why? You know? And she's like the hotel we were staying at last night. Some, some punks took our license plate off our, or off our van. You know, they're on tour, you know, oh. and, you know, and it's like that. And, 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 and for a minute I was like, how dare them? And you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, cause they're still got a big tour, a lot of states to go through. They're going to get – it was Friday night. There's no DMV open on Saturday. They're going to be driving around with a police report and probably going to get pulled over a bunch. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to – this is not necessarily the greatest example, but I just knew I was going to lend my energies to making sure that they that they got off that night. They also mm -hmm. seemed as a band not to be too perturbed about it. So I just wanted you to talk about it, you know – even on this recent tour, I mean, Brooke obviously had a life-changing experience on the tour, she told me, you know, but can you just talk about in darkness, how you see the light? Oh. Well, in darkness, how you see the light, that's a beautiful sentence, by the way. Thank you. Um, I mean, even, even, even on the road. That way, what I was going to say was, yeah. um, choose your misery. You choose your misery. Wow. Wow. Um, in this life, there's so many paths, so many things you can focus on, you know, and, and when I'm pulling my brains out because I'm <laughs> paralyzed because I'm like, I need to schedule a rehearsal with these four porn players and I, I'm struggling, paralyzed over a text message. It's not a bear coming at me, but that's my misery. I'm choosing. I'm loving that that's my problem. Um, but as far as the light and the darkness, you know, you, you, you just know that you've had that light. It, it's like the darkness can come, but you've been in the light and you're going to carry that light with you. And even the depths of like knowing like that pain and loss, whatever it is, it's exists there because you've known what it, feels like to feel the complete opposite to feel completely encased and loved and um did you did you move to new orleans because like you know just well i wanted to see how hair how big my hair could get <laughs> so pretty big no i did I, I no problem with that i just you know so much of the music it's one of the probably the last regional sound that's still there that new orleans sound um and uh but <clears throat> that came through so much struggle 
and so much yeah. re repression mm -hmm. and and yet through that all the music is so well it's a bunch of love muscles it's just total inspiration and yes. i just wonder like if you feel that and if that sort of if that's yeah. one of the reasons that you feel comfortable because that that's that city is is about as real that's one of the last authentic cities and that's what i love about it i love how real it is it is people are not afraid to live here and they're not afraid to die and i love that i there's it, it, there's there's some scary things here but there are people who aren't as afraid and um what do you what do you mean what do you mean by that i mean that there's real economic and physical dangers and you know it has like the highest <laughs> i almost don't want to say it like but it has the highest murder rate um but the people here, there's this lack of fear, of fear of trying, fear of living, fear of loving. There's, there's much less of that here. And I, um, I visited here the first time when I was 11, my mom took me. And we have um, on my mom's side, really deep roots in Louisiana. And um, I visited a few times in my um, early adulthood and when um, COVID hit and we lost our Portland funk dungeon in that community. Wow. I, um, I, there was only one answer, it was I needed to live in New Orleans. I needed to be around life and people and celebration and um, yeah, and a connection with that, that death and uncertainty. There's, there's such beauty in it. And um, I love the way it permeates in the air here. You know, there's so many other places where people are afraid to say the wrong word or have someone think of them, but they're afraid also to try, to even just try to have a new experience. And I just knew that wasn't for me anymore. And I knew, you know, I didn't feel like I was in my home. So I had to come here. I just feel like that might be the most powerful thing that you've said so far. I mean, I, to me, and I'm, uh, the thing is that the highest murder rate, you know, like if you're going to look for trouble, you'll find trouble. If you're going to live in fear, you're never going to leave your house. But it's like, I feel like, I mean, I don't know if you did it on this recent trip, but when I saw you, I spent a couple nights in this incredible hotel in Chinatown in Portland. <laughs> and I don't know if you've been down there lately, but that is about is, I mean, in terms of our Judeo-Christian Western capitalist society, that's a zombie town. I mean, the, 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 the mental illness, it's the cool. drugs, there's one subway that's open. It's, there's no Chinese restaurants. So, I mean, the idea is that we're, we're living in a very dangerous time everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. I couldn't believe it. And yet, you know what? I'd sit outside in the morning, so inspired by the authenticity of the music that I was seeing every day, every night. I'd sit outside. I never felt in danger. I just felt totally amongst the people. And, 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 and you know, maybe that's naive. And maybe I will run into trouble one day. But I just say to myself, to, you know, the most important thing is you bring that energy and the vibe and the love. And you know what? Even the baddest cat in the world, the, the gangbanger, just melts away. 
It's because you're not looking for trouble. You're not looking for that. You're looking to bring cats together. And I just feel like that to me, and it's so hard in this time, because like you said, you get paralyzed through this. Again, everybody, I mean, I use technology too, but man, I just wish more, more heart to heart, more person to person. That should be your goal. No texts. Just go directly to their house, you know? I would love, I, 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 I would love, I would love that. I, like, it's like, it's like an example. Like I could have sent you, I could have sent you a totally scripted interview. It would have been the most boring thing ever. Okay. It's more just like, you know what, when you're in angst, again, you're choosing that, that misery to a degree. I'm just always like, forget the text messages. You go right to the person heart to heart, even if it's not perfect. They know your real deal. That's always the way it is. Just cut down all the, the noise. Confucius did it. Cats living in four walls with famine did it. And you know what? I mean, to me, like, we only live once. I just wonder about, like... Um, this is your only chance to be Jake. That's that's right. Jake Feinberg, has, can, I have to be Jake Feinberg. I have to be liberated. Gotta you know? do it. And I saw you that night. I'm like, I'm like, this cat... Well, first of all, Jimmy... Jimmy just didn't even have words. And it's the same thing. Like, I don't know Jimmy from way back when, but I feel completely connected, like as a soul family. And then you came up and I said, well, she's totally part of that family. But, in, you know, it's like, I'm not going to like riff. I'm not going to go and, and smother this cat and like, let her know who I am. Like it, somehow it'll just organically move forward. And here we are creating together. And it's like, I, that's all I know how to do. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's completely antithetical to what, this society and this culture says is quote unquote success. But you know what? 12 years in, I wouldn't trade it for the world because to me, and I think that's the other part of it is that even though you haven't been on the band, a bit of band leader for so long, you know, do you, have you recognized and been humbled by or grateful for the fact that, yeah, you guys may not make a lot of money on the gigs. You may not make a lot of money on the merch table. You know, whatever. The fact is that you taking Brooke on that journey, on that trip, just fundamentally charged, gave her such a supercharge of enthusiasm that she could bring that back into her life and be a better person and better bandmate. And that's what the music does for me. And that's unquantifiable, man. Oh yeah. All right, I that's mean, that's that what, I want you to riff on that. You riff so on that. much to me. That means so much to me because there's I mean, especially as a woman and then her also being a woman <laughs> in this silly world. I mean, there's Insane so much Insane freaking world, man. Yeah, coco 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 like hmm. coco world. But I mean, that that to me, I mean, we were doing Rose and Thorn for a little mini part of of our trip like what was the best part of going to Newport and for me it was her experience because she said she had the best day ever and I was like that's exactly what I want to I do with this. music I want to um, facilitate people having that experience whether it's someone playing or someone just being there if I can be that middle environment if i can help create that environment where something like that happens and i can share some of what i've got going on because i've got i've got i feel comfortable on stage and i'm goofy and i have catchy things like up the wazoo like i i could give it out you know i want more people to take whatever i'm bringing and 
have it in light, um, ignite something for them. Absolutely. That means the world to me. It, it is. Um, it but is I want, a, I, this is the thing I wanted to talk about, because this is really important for other cats who are going to hear this now, 50 years from now, whenever. <clears throat> if I remember correctly, you didn't know Brooke that very well at all, but you just fell. Like, can you think of, I want you to talk about the instinct and intuition because you know what, too much of of our society, I'm not talking about music in uh general, it's everything. Everything is quantified. Every, the bean counters, oh, you got to do that. Uh Otherwise you're not going to make it in the black. You're going to be in the red. And here it is like music. It's like, I feel something with that. Can you talk about the gut level? It was completely on intuition and instinct that I opened my mouth Hmm. and the words came out to extend an invitation to her. Cause I did not think about it at all before. Uh, we'd been the playing- best things happen that way, you know? I, I mean, <laughs> there was some moments leading up the trip and I was like, damn, we're gonna hang out for a long time. I don't know. <laughs> not gonna but think about it, yeah. It. yeah. it was wonderful, but there was not planning and second guessing that went into it. I mean, she was, um, I was hired as a plus one to help the Sweet Lilies host a jam spot on the side of a, a, like a cruise ship in the Caribbean on the festival, jam cruise, a festival on a cruise. You know, it was a crazy, crazy thing to be coming along for the ride. But Brooke was there jamming each night and um, it was towards the end of the cruise and I was really just following that pull, that thread, I call it a thread where you just feel it like from the inside of you and you don't have a set plan. You just your feet are going where you're supposed to go. <laughs> and I was in the atrium, which is this beautiful piano bar set with you, the glass elevators on um, jam cruise. And I found myself there and I was like, oh, this is good. Oh, this show's gonna happen. And then I saw her at the bar and I was like, I need to go talk to that person. This is a good person. And I just started talking to her and the words just came out. I told her about going out west and my band, The Love Muscles, and and wanting to help facilitate and have more women on stage. And and she's like, I'll come down to New Orleans. I'll come play with you. I'll go out there. That sounds good. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome because I don't have the capital to bring my full band from New Orleans to go out to Portland to keep my my music going up in that community where I started I you know so I opened my mouth with this invitation but I had not thought about it at all I hadn't even deliberated I just the words just found the person and it was beautiful and it was wonderful and people loved her out there and she expanded her Dude, that that woman, that woman, I mean, she was like, <clears throat> there was a cat, another bad cat. I forget his name. There were two horn players that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't hear a lot. Um, she didn't take a lot of solos for me, for my taste. But the, the when she did, when she played, I was like, this cat is deep, deep. She is deep. And then I just happened to walk out of the Laurel Thirst, you know, on the way to my another gig. And I saw her and I was like. I'm like, I'm like, what's your name? And we started talking and boom, that was the connection. I was like, this cat, you know, you can just tell that <clears throat> I just wonder. 
Right. You can tell the life force of the, that's what I'm trying to get at is the aura. You can feel that life force. You can feel with Jimmy, feel with you. I have a good gauge on that. I just, you know, I want, this is really important though. Like, um, like you come off, it's not all euphoria, but you could tell you guys were having a ball on that tour. Yeah. You know, how do you recalibrate Megan Martinez? How do you recalibrate when all of a sudden you're not on the go, you're back in the routine, you're back dealing with people's schedules and agendas. And most importantly, you're not playing as much as you want to, you know, it's just the restaurant that I work at is really busy tonight and they need extra hands. How do I, how do I do that? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Hold on. You, what, what restaurant, what restaurant are you at? Um, it's called the Chafalaya. I'm coming over there immediately when I get down. Oh, there. you're good. It's the best. No, but it's I dig. You're, 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 you you got to find. I want you to know how you how you decom how you because, dude, I have other friends who are just. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I don't know. When I come off the road, I I'm like kind of depressed, you know. Yes, I mean, I missed my dog. Um, <laughs> I missed my dog. Um. But I I could have kept going. I could have kept going and meeting new people and connecting, getting tighter in certain ways, and, and just looking out at the out the car window is so much better than a screen. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm figuring out how to recalibrating. I mean, I I did have some alone time, which was really nice, and I could work on a song, which I found like I didn't have time for on the road. Oddly enough, I mean, I really thought I would be in more creative mode but um i'm recalibrating i'm i'm planning you know i'm just trying to get my christmas set together and get all my little ducks and all my horn players in a row and and you know choosing my choosing my path and choosing my misery but it's not misery it's not it's not it's just it's just the obstacles and the you know, the thing. Well, well, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm going to connect you with, I don't know if you know, um, uh, the great bass player down there, Paul Boudreau. Um, he plays at, uh, he does an afternoon gig at, uh, with, with Willie Lockett uh, at BB uh, Kings. And it's like that kind of place. Like I remember going to New Orleans, I went to New Orleans like three times. I never went before. And then before COVID, after connecting with, George Porter and Johnny B and doing all these great interviews and getting Charlie Neville, all these beautiful people. I was like, I got to go there. So I went three times and like, it's that kind of jam where I, those guys would love you. And it's just like a matter of like, just connect. So I, my whole, I just want to connect you with cats so that you can basically like get out of your own way and just let your, let your body dance up on the bandstand and just sing covers and, you know, and most importantly, like, because that to me, I mean, I've been, I was in psychotherapy for years and I don't need to go anymore because music has become the greatest psychotherapy for me. I mean, I, I probably talked myself out of it too, but it's like, it's I feel the, you. <laughs> biggest healing force. And, you know, I mean, it's dancing yeah. too. I feel like so much trauma is in the hips. Totally. And I'm like, totally. You know, if I didn't know dance this much, I would be so cuckoo. <laughs> I would be sad and mad. Absolutely. I, you know, the thing is, it's at, for, at 45, I have a 
deep for some reason i i'm an old soul but i've connected with my elders and as a, if I'm, I'm not a musician, I'm a journalist, so I'm not in awe of them. If I was a musician, it'd be a different story. But because I've connected with the elders, the biggest issue for our generation and younger cats is that connection. You need to you need to be playing with your elders, period. And, it, and it's so hard to do that now. Um, I, you know, before I, we're going to have to do set two because I'm just having a ball. We just cooked through 50 minutes like nothing. Oh, um, did we? Yeah, no, it's it's insane. It's insane. I just, Ooh. Megan, I really, I, I'm deeply fond of you. I don't know you very well, um, but I wanted to just ask you about um, your relationship with your father. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well. <laughs> All I'm going to say is this. Regard, you don't have to get into the, I just want to tell you, it's important for you no matter what water under the bridge is to not you be the, there's a, a reconciliation. It's just very important for the transcending the cycle of birth and death. It's just mm. an important thing. And regardless of, I just want to know, maybe he doesn't, maybe he hasn't always been there for you. Maybe he doesn't understand your purpose, but does he respect you? Um, I am glad you asked about my father because my father's the only other musician in my family. Wow. And um, we had a really amazing relationship for five years, but he died of a heroin overdose. Or it was bad junk. Bad totally. junk. I am so, so I feel his spirit here as well. Um, I am, that is yeah. trad. Tell me about those five years. I want to hear about the how beautiful that was. I, I want, you could break that down. Okay. Well, <laughs> talk about transmuting trauma and stopping intergenerational fucked up shit. Right, right, right. He, um, he was very, very Native American present presenting. He's short guy, dark, dark skin, long, long black hair that he wore in braids. Everyone called him Indian Bill, super charismatic, like star guy. And um, hmm. when I came around, he was at a really good point in his life. And we would dig for worms and for the garden and sing to each other. He put me up on his shoulders. And it was really, I'm, 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 I feel very uh, blessed and, and uh, shielded from a lot of bad stuff. And um, I... Ah oh, man, I, I, it was, it's good. It's a dreamlike almost, uh, the relationship I had, but I have very, I have very vivid memories of him. And I definitely a hundred percent feel that my own path as a musician, as I'm trying to articulate myself well, but it's hard because it's you're doing much. great. No, you're doing just fine. I, my, Thank it, you. Did, but did it, he, it's meaningful to me, and I want to get it across because did he did he have Native American blood? He he did yes, have Native. Yes. Okay, so that's that that explains a lot because your mom. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, his parents grew up on a reservation. He had it really, really, really rough. My dad was beat, senseless, like young, smart kid, like. He experienced things nobody ever, ever should experience. And he had his own demons and everything. And I had a, I got a, 
nice window in his life where he wanted to play and he was gentle and sweet and I I take after him people tell me that you know and I'm like what the hell do I do with that you know it's like I don't I'll never have an adult conversation with this guy but <laughs> um right but here I am doing the thing he did he used to travel around and play music you know I here I am like people want to think they're not like their parents but it's like okay okay this monarch butterfly has never been to mexico right. but their great great grandparents were here a year ago <laughs> it's i i am my father's daughter and i'm so grateful for the short time we had together and um what did he play by the way guitar is there any footage of him out there no, bro, look. You know what? Here's a funny story about him. Go ahead, yeah. He got a new um, answering machine. He got an answering machine. It was like 1993. He went out, he bought an answering machine. <laughs> right. To do business, you know? I love it. He went back and returned it two days later because if if he, if someone calls him and he's not there, then they're not supposed to be talking to each other. I, so, that is so freaking old school. That, he was that old total. school. He died in 1995, and we just—I mm. didn't have video or cassette or anything like that. You know. Well, I was so, just thinking, like, if he was uh, touring with bands, maybe there's some YouTube material out there. But maybe, you know, yeah. I, the part of me that's open to thinking, like, maybe I'll meet a friend of his or something. You know. But well, it know. sounds to me like you know. I mean, I'm not as close with these guys as some of the other cats, but it sounds to me like because you just revealed this native American blood in you that guys like Monk Boudreaux and Juan Pardo and Bo Dallas, those Mardi Gras Indians, like sometimes, you know, you're a pretty fearless person and you've made it this far. So I would just be searching these cats out. And next thing you know, you're going to be making your own headdresses going down and doing the Mardi. I mean, to me, like, yeah, I got the French, I got the native, so, I mean... I'm just saying, you know what? It's terrible. What, what I'm at, what the stuff that I'm throwing at you, even though you know that you need to do it, it's also petrifying. You just have to know that you, when you lean into that, it's going to supercharge you and continue your growth path. And your folks are both looking down on you, and they protect you, and you're right, they protect you from bad shit, but they also are very proud of you. So... Just take it from me that um, it is it can be petrifying, but you need to be naked to the world, so to speak, and as vulnerable as possible because that magic naked is to the world, gonna... out in the swamp, holding the snake right above your head. <laughs> Lake Pontchartrain, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the spirits, yeah, communing between the earth and the sky. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying you have it. It's so it's so evident. You in, you, in your body. I'm just joking around because it's a big, it's a big, it's it's big. You know, my own lineage and my purpose and the. It's speak so about big. It's so I you you're, you're so deep in the milieu of of world of the world music and uh, Megan Martinez. I mean, I'm very fond of you. I think that you are absolutely. It was just so good to see you kicking ass live and i didn't even know you had a heavy heart that night but 
My God, man. I'm so glad I captured that. And to see you, you know what it is? No matter how you might be feeling, you own, you own the stage. And that to me, you can't teach that. So, you know, you just keep going one foot in front of the other and we'll stay in touch and I'll try to hook you up with some cats just to just become some of the elders, you know, your peers are your peers, but you need to be on the bandstand with your elders because you have that soul and your mom taught you that too as well. Jake, thank you. I, I was it's, a it's a healing. This is supposed to be, this is supposed to be a healing experience. I, I really just it hope you had really, a good time. Really, yeah. really, really good because Let's, it's, yeah. it's, I've been thinking about all these bajillions of things, you know, listening to some of your interviews and I, I'm not so much of a, music historian you know so I was thinking about like oh what could I say if he asked me about this I could say this and anyways I I got in my head about it and I'm I'm just so happy to tune in and share what I've got going on with you you ask very good amazing provoking questions and I'm I am just honored to get to be one of these people part of this ancient tradition, you know? Well, let me be very clear about something. No, it's really, it's so beautiful to hear you say that, but I want to be clear <clears throat> because, and you need to keep, take, carry this with you in your career. Okay, I am, I am, yes, I've interviewed a ton of cats. I'm, I, I'm a humanist. Like, I've written books because of people's knowledge and stories. I don't know anything about music theory. And quite frankly, I don't know much about music history. It's just because I tr I've, been, I've learned to ground myself, trust myself. And to me, like, it's not about winging it. It's just about connecting with the human, human person. And my goal, as you become more hip to my show, and I think you already get it, it's just about connecting humanity in the, di in the, in the digital age. Because it, technology is being used in such a, uh, God, it's, it's such a self-serving kind of thing that my job is to take the light that you guys give off, blast that out to the world and hope that it inspires someone to keep going in life. But don't ever get in your head because you totally belong. All right. You've got the best, some of the best, some of the best musicians in the world, they could never even read music. So, you know, just you, you go with feel all instinct and intuition. People are so scared to do that now, but if you just lean into that, you're on your path. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> All right, baby. Yeah, we'll do it again. It was such a good hang. That would be, yeah, I, I've so enjoyed myself. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Thank you. Bless you, bless you, my friend. Bless you, too. All right, <laughs> cheers. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.